it's Thursday, and you know what that means. Everybody's gathered around their computer to ask the question they ask themselves each and every week, and that is, hey, uh, did you see this one? Look you, look you, internet people. We're here again, <laughs> doing our thing on a Thursday night. Uh, Dancing to a theme song we can't hear. Yeah, we can't hear, but they, the people can. You see, they can hear it. They can, but hear they it. can't see my dancing. They can't see your dancing. No. So you're doing that specifically for you, yes. to nothing. So it's even crazy. I can't even see it because I see a blank. I just see a blank screen until we come back. Anyway, hello everyone, and welcome to Hey, did you see this one? We have a special guest again this week. It's Steve's birthday month. He's the host with the most who can boast the most roast. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Okay, I uh, just watched Event Horizon today. Good movie, and that's the movie that we're talking and about that's this the podcast week. For this week, goodbye. <laughs> um, we all we do, like you mentioned, have a uh, guest with us today. A friend of mine named Scott, who, like me, has a special connection to this movie. I guess I'd say. Hey, everybody! Uh, it's me. Welcome. Hello, welcome. Um, so, Scott, the way hey, we sure, usually Scott. do this is that we give a little brief history of our um, history, I guess, with the movie. Um, so we'll let you go first. Um, basically, just tell us, you know, the first time you saw it and the kind of effect it had on you, all that good stuff. I was, I think, fortunate enough uh, growing up <clears throat> um, to have a big, like, Soviet satellite dish in my yard, and that's how we got TV. <laughs> um, and, you know, there wasn't really, like, channels per se. It was just kind of like the, the satellite would search for something, and whatever it gravitated to or picked up on, that's what you got to watch. And when I was, like, a wee little boy, like, nine years old, this came on, and my family was like, well, you know, it's this or nothing, so let's, let's watch it. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of my first foray into, like, cosmic horror. Um, and it definitely, you know, as, like, a, you know, functioning person with ADHD and an overactive imagination, uh, kind of yeah. like for a trip when you're like, I can't see hell, but it's everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So that definitely didn't, uh, didn't affect me at all. There's been no lasting consequences <laughs> from this film. Yeah. You don't have horrifying nightmares where Sam Neill's ripping his own eyes out with his bare <laughs> fingers. <laughs> oh, no, and I'm like a kid. And like, my parents are like, yeah, he's fine. You know, you can yeah. watch it. That's normal. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess I didn't. I had a similar, not, not giant satellite in my front yard. <laughs> You're like that was the same. I had the same experience. The exact same experience as you. Uh, no, the movie Event Horizon, directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, in the year 1997. I saw because my parents and their friends rented it, and I was 10 years old, I believe, or I might have also been nine, nine or ten, and. Uh, I guess this was the point in my parents' lives where they were, finally, they were like, all right, I think he's finally old enough to watch this horrifying stuff. <laughs> they were wrong. I was freaked out by this entire movie. Um, I remember covering my eyes. I remember being way more scared by things that weren't happening than the things that were happening. You know, the, t the tension building, the fact that it looks like a medieval torture chamber, like every room looks like <laughs> like the room itself could injure you, like possibly. Like Geiger adjacent. Yeah, sort of. Um, it's just, it's designed to look like a spooky haunted house. 
even so much so that they're like let's you know have it in the upper atmosphere of neptune so there's a constant thunderstorm happening outside <laughs> i mean that's a fun workaround to, like how do we get weather in space um but yeah i i remember being uh it was difficult for me to sleep that night and i didn't watch it again for many many years because i my brain had transformed it into something far more terrifying than it actually is um but yeah that's my my history uh and now it's one of my i don't i don't know i don't know if i would say this is one of my favorite movies but it's definitely one of the few movies that i own on blu-ray so i like it enough that i wanted to hear paul w.s anderson talk about it while watching the movie uh which i did today and he had some interesting things to say and i just realized i left my notes in the other room so kaylin why don't you tell us about your first time while i go get my notebook allow me to distract our viewers while you go get your notebook i can't wait to hear some some of your insights as well as p-dubs s's a's uh my first time was the other day um I find it weird when we do movies that, like, like I'm, I'm not surprised that there are some movies I haven't seen, but I, I am surprised when I haven't heard of them either, because, like, you know, I like watching trailers, you know, previews and, uh, you know, those little like cheap little magazine things at the theater or whatever that have like upcoming, uh, shows Scene and whatnot. Magazine. Like, yes, that sounds about right. So I, find I used to have to restock those when I worked at the movie theater as a teenager. It was the worst thing. The worst? One of. The only other thing that was worse was when, like, a little kid would come in and eat, like, five bags of Skittles and then barf everywhere in the theater, and then he'd have to go clean it up. <laughs> that was the only thing worse than the magazines. That was it. <laughs> but uh, but I, and especially if it's, you know, a, a movie that's got names in it, which this movie does. Um, but I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. Uh, you know, those going hand in hand. Um, and I love when you guys bring me movies that I haven't seen to introduce me to them. Uh, so I watched it the other day. Um, I have some words to share that we will throughout. It's good because this is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I have no words. I'm going to say, I'm going to get this out of the way off the top. I'm just going to get it out of the way. I'm going to be the bad boy of the episode. One of my notes is. Walmart brand John Carpenter. Okay. Okay. You don't have to be rude about it. No, <laughs> but, no, sorry. You know what? That's not even fair to say. It was just at, at a moment while I was watching it, that's what came to my head. But that does. this is better than that comment. This movie is better than that comment, but that was a comment. Did I you guys know that Paul W.S. Anderson turned down directing X-Men to direct this movie? Did you? Good, because we got a oh, decent yeah. X-Men movie. I would disagree, but anyway, yeah, and also the like guy who the directed direct- is now a horrible. Yeah, the director is a criminal sex who ruined, <laughs> who managed to ruin the Dark Phoenix saga two times. So, damn it! Yeah, uh, Jason, why don't you tell us about your first time watching? Hello, my first Event time Horizon. was uh, literally okay. So, my one of my best friends, Stu, <clears throat> um, loves this movie. And he, when I started reviewing, reviewing movies back in 2020 uh, on my Instagram, he was like, you got to watch this movie. Now, if we rewind all the way back to 1997 when this came out, another movie came out at the same time called Contact. Contact is a um, <clears throat> sci-fi movie. I've, I've never seen it. I had, to, I had to see if I remembered it this way. Oh, man, but Contact's con- good. Contact, yeah, yeah. I remember being heralded as a great like sci-fi movie and i'm seeing here now that it's a fucking robert zemeckis movie 
and music by Alan Silverius Sil- Sil- Silverstreet. Silverstreet? <laughs> Silve- Silvestri. Thank you. There you uh, go. And the story is the story <laughs> is uh, was you know by Carl Sagan of all people. So this is like high sci-fi. It's about you say that like he's a yo Carl Sagan. Yeah, Carl Sagan. Yeah, Carl Sagan. Yeah, it's Carl. a Carl Sagan. Carl you Sagan. know, just like a mama used to but this, be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Contact. So when Event Horizon came out, I just assumed that it was just another one of those movies. Fast forward many, many years till uh, 2021 or 2022. I finally watched it. Um, and this is in while we're doing this show. And I realized that no, no, no. It's a sci-fi movie. But it's basically like Hellraiser. If Hellraiser was like directed by John Carpenter, kinda, um, lots of genre bending, lots of the stuff that I like out of out of film, and it immediately became one of my favorite like weird sci-fi horror things. I love Space Hell. I love the Doom games, <laughs> and I love the the flashes of hell that we get in this. We never get a direct look at it. Which I wish that's going to be my what went well, what could have been. Right. I think, uh, that's yeah, yeah. I think that's to the benefit of the movie, though, in my opinion. The fact that the, you see so little and the fact that your imagination kind of fills in the yeah. void is. I, I, much like uh, you, uh, Scott, I, um, you said you watched this when you were like nine. Yeah. I, and I, I love that the, the, the evil is invisible. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's ever present. Yeah. I saw Robocop when I was like seven <laughs> and it fucked me up so bad that i couldn't watch horror movies until like night 2019 so you like ideas of justice like it no it's just the this over the top like i i was what i was seven in like 1992 so the movie was like pretty new so it was very like i don't know it blew my mind like i'd only been exposed to horror elements through like ghostbusters one and two so to see a guy get shot like 50 times (laughs) And a guy gets shot in the dick and his dick explodes and, and the swamp thing monster at the end. Like it just messed me up so bad. And like those, like I'd go to sleepovers and they'd all be watching a horror movie and I'd be like in the other room playing with my action figures, like terrified. So I do kind of wish that I saw this earlier, but I definitely don't think I could have handled this movie at age nine. Um, Yeah. There are certain movies that, uh, it's fine for a 10 year old or a nine year old to watch, but uh, this, I don't think this is on the list. I, don't, <laughs> those yeah, I mean, I, I didn't handle it well. Like, I, it yeah. wasn't, I walked away and I was like, oh, that's a lot to think about. Like, I was, <laughs> I was very scared. You're like, the, you're Ben's like, oh my God. The first time um, I saw this, I saw Dr. Weir as a very different character for most of the movie. And uh, I also couldn't make heads or tails of the like video of the like blood orgy. And I realized mm. that it's less blood. I want more of that. And I mean, can more, we get more blood orgy? It's less blood orgy and more of them like eating each other feet first. I I like watched it really. <laughs> they're having sex. They're having there, sex with each sex other. There's sex happening in there for yeah. sure. I think and I saw some sex in the background. A guy, a guy shoves, like shoves a shoves, foot in his mouth and shoves no, it's it up. Like a guy is putting his hands down a person's throat and pulling their innards out through their mouth. Also that. And then yeah. there's like that, you know, viscera puking, which is also pretty great. I, I don't know if I want more of it, Kalen, but um, I definitely wanted a more of a look at the where they went. But you're right. Like, maybe more. more. That's more of it. It also seems more. like it could potentially be like each 
one of them went somewhere different you know like your own person oh that's okay yeah. that's and, oh and the the what came back is like just a little tiny bit of that yeah anyway um that's that lead us even yeah why don't we kind of go through the plot a little bit and we'll uh you know we'll talk about stuff that we liked and didn't like and uh little chunks and a I'll lot of one thing i didn't movie. like right off the bat we've been doing a lot of 90s movies lately with really interesting intros like credits this is yeah. just shut up get to the movie it's just space and words and i you know we watched a lot of 80s movies as well in that room it's giving 80s um which i don't care for i need the shit to be snappy get to the point uh, more explosions in your intros please I do oh. like that like everyone in the nineties was like pretty convinced that like by twenty twelve we were gonna be living on the moon. Like everyone's yeah. like the moon's so cool. We're going, we're going for sure. And then like moon interest took a hard left. Yeah. They thought that we were gonna be colonizing Mars in like like by like now. Twenty teens, yeah. 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 I that uh, you know, that has a lot to do with the world like just still not be able to get their shit together as far as like love and unity it just has yeah. gotten worse as far as pushing apart and war and and capitalist billionaires i don't want to get on a soapbox of a capitalism here but well, then get off of it already. capitalism is, is sort of the part the reason why we're not in space no i think the earth needs to be more of a shithole like i think that, <laughs> like we gotta look go at mars yeah. and we're like mars is like pretty rough but like you know earth's still okay we need to just like burn it burn it all and then we'll yeah. leave hey at least mars has women right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism right. could also potentially be the answer to further space exploration. That only right? means that means that the billionaires will get to go to space, and that's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah. No, but once no, no, there will be the first ones. Like you know, remember those big ass TVs? In the beginning, you know, only a few, but then eventually, look, we got all these. Look at these flat screens we got. Yeah. We get to enjoy the awesomeness. I don't think. Later. I, think I, don't, commercial... I don't hate that analogy. I don't think commercial space travel is something that we're gonna really see as be, if we can find the energy source if it's if that's find... the problem right like the... So the the billionaires will just always have nicer space travel we'll get yeah. like the bargain <laughs> space travel we yeah we'll be on the space bus yeah, the porter the, flight to space we get the space bending yeah um yeah coach just call it the company will be called coach coach, <laughs> coach to space um so the plot of this movie is pretty simplistic in the year 2040, they send uh, the first deep space uh, manned vessel to the borders of our solar system. The ship is called the Event Horizon, which if anybody doesn't know, an Event Horizon is essentially like the border and edge of a black hole. That's another Did thing, just, just to give you a little bit of more insight on why I thought this was like contact. I thought it was about just some people going to the edge of a black hole and that's sort of... You know what I mean? Like, I just thought yeah. it was a sci-fi movie about going to deep space. I didn't know... That's the association I initially made as well. Like, I thought it was just a hard sci-fi, but it's a paranormal haunted house movie. Paranormal. That's the word I was looking for the whole time. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I kept saying spooky. Spooky! <laughs> spooky ghosts! And I yeah. kept saying it with your voice. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. Spooky. Uh. But yeah, it's a starship, and it disappears on its maiden um, journey to um, Proxima Centauri, I believe is what they say. Um, and so the Lewis and Clark, which is the ship that we are met with in the movie, uh, captained by Lawrence Fishburne, is essentially going to investigate 
Um, they're kind of like, I think they're literally supposed to be the Coast Guard. Like, I think that the symbol on their jacket is actually the, the Coast Guard symbol that we use they're, today. They're like space Coast. paramedics. It's like an ambulance. Station. Sort of, yeah. Um, and they're going to go check on the Event Horizon because it has reemerged from wherever it disappeared to. And uh, we get kind of a nice little sci-fi, let's put them in a tube and make them go to sleep until they get there. And I, I, they explain it to me. Or to us, I guess, directly to me. They said, "Stephen, here's how it works." <laughs> this movie really spoke to me. We put them into this into this water so that when they go into like light speed or whatever the fuck, um, the shock of it would essentially liquefy your body if you yeah. weren't in suspended. Air. I don't like calling it a couch. I, I thought that was okay. They gravity it couch? A... Oh, I, I uh, gravity couch gets a big eight out of ten. But it's a standing <laughs> up thing. I, if you if you were if it was like horizontal laying down, I'd be down. Think with about that. think about this. Riddle though, me Kelly. this: What's up in space? Yeah, I was about to say there's no <laughs> I mean, up and fair, down in space. Fair. fair. Damn no... it, that's yeah. yeah. I can't refute that or refute or whatever. Up and down. No, you can't by gravity. So, uh, and in a gravity couch, there is no gravity. Exactly. So, uh, it's a, and it's a big dementors. crew. Also, cushions. Put some cushions in there for the pushing. Yeah, for the for the pushing. Exactly. <laughs> no, no pushing. The, no, no, yeah, no, no touchy. No touchy. Okay. Good lord, we're already derailing this heavily. <laughs> Sorry, we got business to do here. Um, oh, you're almost done with the plot, so there it's go. true. <laughs> Put it. Yeah, they uh, they basically are. Uh, they go to investigate the uh, the event horizon. They arrive and they, for some reason, decide to dock on docking day thirteen. I'm like, oh my god, this this movie is smelling its own farts over the here. The hand is so heavy. Yeah, it's like, what's the scariest number? Six 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 six. six, oh, that's, six. Too nah, that's, that's too many. That's too many guys. You know, I, I just watched it and I didn't clock that. I would have been like, why does this ship have even more than? Two <laughs> Apparently, it has at least thirteen. It's a I'm very large ship, and they're written in Roman numerals because Roman numer- numerals are scarier than numbers. That part I was they like, and, and it's brass. I was like, this is good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I again, I watched the um, the comment with the commentary on today, and Paul Anderson is talking about how they digitally scanned uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral and used and like broke up all the pieces and used those to build the event horizon ship design so basically it's literally designed after uh the notre dame cathedral that's and, pretty cool that's why it's it so like really gothic cool. listening, it looks like it's ripped right out of like warhammer 40k yeah like, it's, yeah like, <laughs> just it's ugly and it's mean looking another thing i went across the other day and they were playing 40k <laughs> what? shaped like a cross the corridors are shaped like coffins there's cross windows everywhere. It's like they went real hard into uh, let's just make this thing as spooky as possible. I noticed that the ship in uh, Sunshine looked really similar to the Event Horizon, just with instead it just has a giant shield on it in Sunshine. It's like that. Was I the only one that felt the Ebenezer from the Matrix? Well, no, 100%. this is yeah. this is like the the predic- precursor. Or whatever, it's like the, the same episode. set or whatever. Yeah, it absolutely did. It, ha- it has the same vibe for sure. And the music in this movie is really similar to uh, a lot of music in the first Matrix movie. But also like a little bit of Star Wars-y uh, John Williams like pangs, I noticed. Later in the movie when there's like, when they're battling, it's very, yeah. uh, it's very Star Wars-y. Hmm. 
don't know if I agree with that. Go back and listen <laughs> to know. the fight between Lawrence Fishburne and, and uh, Cut Up Face. Dude, I watched the movie three times this week. Oh. <laughs> I, that and I've seen it a hundred times. Fair enough. But, I mean, you're allowed to have your inclinations and opinions. I just don't agree with you. Um, I was I was actually trying to check to see if this guy had any kind of hand in the Matrix music, but he did not. The end credits sound definitely sounded like the Matrix. <laughs> he did do the music, however, for X Men. Well, Alan Silvestri uh, also did an X Men, didn't he? Uh, probably. He does a lot of movies. He does a lot of movies. I was gonna say the music did get me pumped at the beginning of this. No, he, uh, he he wrote the uh, the guy that I'm talking about wrote the Avengers theme. Sorry. There's a there's a guy who worked with the com- composer for this uh, or a band called Orbit, I believe is what it, their name was, and they did all sort of the industrial sounding stuff that was on top of the orchestral stuff. So they had an orchestral score, and then they had this other musician come in to like make it more, uh, I guess, like scary sounding with the uh, weird sound effects and like using a, a, a bowstring on like a garbage can lid or something to make it like that's like Ludwig Göransson now does that kind that of sounds stuff. like brilliant yeah. genius yeah yeah you gotta be a psychopath genius man to make this kind of stuff um so they board the event horizon and one thing I noticed which I thought was funny is that by the end of this sequence of events that happens upon arrival, all of the European characters are safely aboard the Lewis and Clark and all the brash American characters are the ones running around inside the haunted house. And I was like, I wonder if that was deliberate or just kind of a happy accident. I just think it's funny to me. Because Americans Uh, are stupid. Yeah, they run run headlong first. One thing that I did like was that there were no guns because it would make no sense... For them to have guns guns in space are very dangerous and also they what would you need guns for if you're in a, a established universe that has no aliens or anything and like space pirates it's just like you're why would you need a gun but they did establish that they have a like a kind of like a bolt gun thing it's the rivet thing that they're yeah. using to repair the yeah I, thought it was repair. I was surprised they didn't have like flamethrowers or something or tasers like what if a person has like the space crazies you know (laughs) (laughs) classic space space madness yeah Yeah. that's true nothing to subdue somebody which would have come in handy when a man who just dug his own eyes out comes at you somehow i think he was above that at that point though he had super strength by that he had the devil in him i want to point out also (laughs) that smithy uh is that his name smith he's he plays um he plays Alfred on Gotham, and when I first watched this, it blew my mind that he was in other stuff because I'd never. Wait a minute, him. he's not actually Alfred Pennywise. That's not what I said, uh, no. but I had never actually seen him in anything else before. So oh yeah! Imagine my yeah. surprise when I was like, "Whoa, he was! Oh, he's from Event Horizon. That's why they made him Alfred later." Yeah, I think the majority of his career are European movies. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, he's in lots of stuff. He's been around for a while. DJ or whatever, the other dude, the, the doctor, I recognize him from stuff too. Oh, uh, Jason Isaacs? Yeah, he's very famous. He's also almost always a slightly unhinged doctor. <laughs> or, or, or an evil wizard racist. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in... in these movies when the character uh, who like wants to leave the most just like gets 
gets fucked by everything else that's happening around them. Like this person's like, no, I'm not having it with this ship. I want to get the heck off this ship. This ship's bad news. And they're like, just stay here for five more minutes. You know, it's yeah. fine. Also love that when they finally get the, the visuals working <clears throat> on the uh, other crews recording that uh, immediately after watching it, Lawrence Fishburne is just like, we're leaving. <laughs> we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, instead of being the typical, like, we have to get the job done, Captain, he's like, no, 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 no. We're not sticking around here until we start raping each other to death. That doesn't sound not like a good time for anybody. You, but 14 minutes and 32 seconds, we get a movie title shut up. Perfect. Oh, the event horizon. Yeah, um, and then he says it a bunch of times right after. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, while aboard the ship, um, what's that kid's name? Justin? Justin, I think. Baby Bear. Baby Bear. Oh, Baby Bear. It was Mouse. <laughs> That's another movie. It was um, Justin, but they keep referring to him like Justin's his last name also. Mr. It, was, Justin. Also the, it was the name on his shirt, so I think his first name couldn't have been Justin. Right? Mr. Yeah. Justin, yeah. His name is Justin yeah, Justin. Justin. <laughs> like uh, Mario. His name is Baby Bear Justin. It is Bear Justin, yeah. <laughs> that Bear Justin's is a pretty good, pretty solid name. I'm, I'm not opposed. The kid is like... You know, he's like the youngest member of the crew. He's the one who goes into the gravity core. Um, and he gets, gravity the most, core. he gets his briefcase. He gets the most yeah. horrible things happen to him without actually dying. <laughs> yeah, he survives the whole movie. <laughs> Somehow, I, but everything happens to him that could possibly happen in space. He's the only one who gets to see what hell looks like on the other side of that gate. It's the see, darkness in me! This is like a point where I give the movie like absolutely a win because like I remember at like being, being young and then watching this again when I was a teenager and then watching it again, you know, recently. And all I want, all I want is to be like, what did he see? Where did he go? What happened yeah. to him? And your brain fills it in. And like, I don't know if it's from budget constraints or just like a good understanding of horror, but like that is how you do it. Like, whatever they could have um, shown won't be as bad as what I thought in my head. Right. Yeah. And uh, Anderson. Sometimes budget constraints makes things better <laughs> yeah restraints can breed creativity in ways that you don't think possible uh and the budget for this movie was 60 million which is not, not sometimes big. though it is like that joke in uh in south park when they're they're doing a, a rip or they're doing a parody of like lord of the rings and it's just two guys on a tower and they're like oh my god look at what's happening isn't that crazy sometimes <laughs> movies really have that energy where they they try to uh, less is more it and you do, you like just fucking show us even if it looks bad and this movie i really wanted to see how but you guys are all right like the shit in my head while i'm watching this movie is gonna be a million times worse than just showing me like red rocks and like fire chasms and like a big demon i've seen that enough times I don't know if that would be his vision of hell. No, it's going to be... Everyone he thinks hell, they're like, those rocks are red. <laughs> There's you know fire I've geysers. Seen I've seen enough of these uh, uh, airlock, dock, jump, save things. Yeah. Every, every fucking movie we've done this month. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I picked a lot of space movies. Even though Sphere is underwater, like it is, it still has a scene like it that. It feels more... more <laughs> Uh, prevalent because of the fact that these are the only things I've watched recently but at the same time listen any kind of space thriller is going to have a, a, a airlock scene in it it's <laughs> like true it's, that's kind of like it, I don't even like it anymore 
Give me something else. Jesus, Kalen, we only watched two space movies this month. <laughs> this is the third. Technically. No, one of them was underwater. No, one of them was oh, underwater. Oh, okay, fine. Nobody yeah, gets killed by involved, a storm of jellyfish involved, in this movie. Sorry, Scott. Scott, were we about to say there? Oh, I don't remember. Whoops. <laughs> Must have been a lie. No, I am paying attention. You guys are not boring. This is good. No, no, no. no. It's it's more so that uh, we sometimes we accidentally talk over the guest, and the, the yeah, guest sorry, is supposed Scott. to be showcased. And yeah, it's my show tonight. All right, guys. <laughs> we should start letting the fucking host, uh, the guest host, like SNL style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of responsibility. Welcome to Do You See It? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did, hey, have you seen this film? <laughs> um, so while they're, you know, in the ship. Justin goes into the room and the core activates. It's called the gravity core, I believe, or gravity well or something. Um, yeah, and it looks so cool. It looks like something from hell, basically. It's covered in spikes. It's constantly moving. It's got spinning rings around it. It's filled with black goo. Like, they knew what they were doing. They, they, were, like, they were like, yeah, it makes gravity. Yeah, I bet it. <laughs> sure. Um, but also, like, it th it's revealed later that Sam Neill designed this because he wanted to like make a contraption that could pass through a black hole, right? Or create a black hole in order it, to travel. And interestingly, that's where um, my two viewings of this movie were vastly different. The first time I was like, I felt for the uh, Weir, what's like John Weir or Greg Weir, whatever whatever Sam Neill's character is, I felt for him. I was like, oh man. William. Yeah, this the scientist just wants to like have his vision. This time, since you know what's happening and you know what's going to happen, his uh, obsession actually makes him come off like a mad scientist right from the get go. Yes. Completely, yeah, completely agree. I had the exact same experience. I, I felt like the first time I was like, "It's Sam Neil. He loves dinosaurs. Everything's going to be okay." <laughs> and then the second time, I was like, "How does anyone trust him?" Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. The second viewing, you're like, you feel like he's going to come after you with a fire axe and say, "Do you read Sutter Kane?" <laughs> Get shot to death in a diner. Um, it's another carpentry thing. Is like we did watch in the Mouth of Madness, not recently, but like in the last couple of months, and uh, it just makes it feel all that much more like a, a John Carpenter movie. Seeing Sam Neill yeah. doing his classic weird weirdo scream. Oh, Mouth, <laughs> Mouth of Madness was last year. It was last February. Oh, was it really? A year, oh. a year and a it few months ago. It feels closer than it that. It does because that was still like COVID time, sort of. Yeah. And it was also one of the best movies we've done. It's on the show. one of the best movies we've done on the show. I think sure. that does speak volumes, though, to when you watch something on a first viewing and you have a certain impression, and then you watch it on a second viewing and you see it in a different light, and it, 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 and it still works both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We then have Justin go into the portal, which is freaky deaky. And then we get uh, Cooper shows up just in the nick of time or not actually in the nick of time. He's a little late. If you could have stopped him from going through into hell, maybe uh, the whole movie would have been saved. But uh, he helps him. Then they activate the gravity and then all those puddles of coolant fall into the ground, which kind of ends up having this like pool at the bottom of the, the core room, which is really cool as well. He was late because he had to offer Stark some something hot and black. He, 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 he want, he want, <laughs> that part yeah, made cheeky, me laugh. A cheeky joke. Cooper is like <laughs> the... Like, well, well, go ahead. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just say Cooper is like the unsung, like, 
like underdog hero like you know like he ends up kind of saving the day a couple times but like by accident you know and through the whole movie you, you, you would never expect him to make it out to the end and i don't just mean because what the one obvious reason uh, in horror i just mean because he's plucky and he's like wisecracking and no matter no matter what i love that how. that's my favorite <laughs> he was my runner-up for what went well <laughs> wisecracking plucky characters in horror movies are like get the funny death Typically. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, he he has sort of like a heel turn once stuff starts to get crazy, right? Where you, uh, when he gets scared and he looks scared and you can tell that he's scared, he almost has this sort of like childlike panic in his eyes, which I was like, this is a surprisingly effective. <laughs> like he is yeah. killing it right now, and he's hotter than a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Scott, Scott, what were you about to say? I know I this is the second time I'm doing this. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say watching it, I, I got the impression that like it wasn't just like the first time. Like he's been sexually harassing this woman for like ten space <laughs> days yeah. or whatever, whatever they're working. Relentlessly, yeah. yeah. Get the vibe that she's super Parsa. over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're probably gonna get married because they survived a, a haunted house together. They were the two sort of spoilers. They they're the only ones that survive. An old fucking vegetable boy. You don't you don't get the vibe that she brought uh, she brought like heck back with her. I fall well. Let's talk about that at the end because I fall. Yeah, yeah, maybe, like, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I was like, it's, I don't it's know. definitely open ended enough that she could have potentially have brought hell to earth. Like yeah. they go back to earth and she just brings hell with her. Um, and again, like I know we've talked about it a few times. Where it's like oh, I want to see what's on the other side of that gate, but it's also like, is that a black hole? Is it taking them to a section? of space or is it taking them to another dimension what's happening there uh i like the fact that it's ambiguous but if it is just another section of space somewhere like it's just a door to like somewhere really in deep dark like negative void of space that's so much more terrifying to me yeah. than going to another dimension if there's just like a, an area of space that exists that's full of well where the hell monsters so there's always that notion that like if we were to meet an alien we might not even know we meet it because we can't our brains came and conceive of like what an extraterrestrial might be and the fact mm -hmm. that this is basically like a specter or like a poltergeist kind of a alien you might they might have gone through to a place that the aliens are just invisible and they just make you see your nightmares and that's the alien so they fully i was fully like did they just bring back whatever this entity is that because the movie basically ends the way it starts like she wakes up from the pod and sees satan sam neil again right so that was the vibe i sort of got not to not to jump all the way to the very end of the movie but if since we're on the subject i fully and that that comes from watching it a second time as well. Like it's, I, I don't watch movies twice enough, you know. And I always say I'm going to watch it again later, but it's ineffectual for the podcast because I'm not going to talk about the movie a second time in podcast form. So maybe I should <laughs> adopt what you guys do and watch the movie a couple of times. I'm not saying I'm gonna, I'm saying it probably. Should. Jason, I definitely don't do it. Somehow vouch and persuade you. I recommend it. Okay, you're not gonna. I recommend the... it for movies like this where you're excited to talk about it. You're not gonna watch the complete <laughs> Owl twice, where you guys just listened to me. Talk I about did weird watch Al it. Fact. I watched it three times. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even really fully watch it once. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I tried to explain to somebody what it was today, and I couldn't. I was like, it's like a music bunch of music videos kind of tied together by jokes that suck. And anyway, 
Sorry. I rented that off of YouTube. You know I watched it more than once. It was four dollars. Yeah. I rented it off YouTube and I watched it at point five one point five speed. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to watch this. I was gonna say if you watched it slower, I'm like, that's very interesting. <laughs> I want to really absorb this. Uh-huh. Get the um, jokes in your brain. Skull. So upon activating the gravity core, the gravity starts, which is what causes uh, Justin to get sucked into the portal. But it also creates a, uh, a shock wave that damages the Lewis and Clark, the the ship that's come to investigate the event horizon, and uh, which then causes air to seep out. I believe it, it gives us oh, a ticking... the hall or something. Yeah. yeah, it gives us a ticking clock, which is always good to have in a horror movie because it just adds another element of like if we don't get out of here by this time we're going to die and then they start to uh collectively hallucinate which uh they the then are clock trope is used in like 80 percent of movies also and it I, it never gets old for me because it's it just it's easy tension it's just an easy tension builder if it's the whole movie is timed is like a time frame or if it's just one act or even just a segment of the movie it always gets me it's kind of like how i qualify a movie versus a film and i always say a movie has an explosion and a high-speed chase and if it doesn't have that it's a fucking indie flick mumblecore (laughs) kind of kind of film right two things that you say every episode i'm like i don't think he knows what those mean (laughs) i do and And you never brought up the time constraint as a measurement in one of them yeah, and and another thing that we do on this show is the home alone of it all, and I explain it every yes. time, and I'm going to explain it right now, and it's as simple as this: when Kevin McAllister slaps down the fucking the blueprints of his of his work on the table and rolls it out, and you see all the traps, and then he builds the traps, and then the guys fall for the traps. That's the home alone of it, <laughs> and and we can find we can pinpoint that element in other movies. In this one, it could be when they <clears throat> go onto the ship, the movie kind of starts, but I think. Once the once the doctor's face is ripped apart and it goes full horror, that's the home alone of it all. If that makes sense. I would say that the home alone of it all is when Lawrence Fishburne says, We're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> that's the equivalent. <laughs> that's the equivalent of Kevin McAllister slapping down the blueprints of his house. Um, because that's kind of when people's hallucinations start killing them. Yeah. Um, and it becomes the real horror to that um, note you know, though the other doctor the woman doctor when she's in the med bay she's the first the person the woman doctor there's a man doctor and a woman doctor i don't know how else to say it is she a doctor i thought she was like a like an engineer i wrote down her name but it's not till way later in my notes it's like peterson or something um yeah. but anyway Peter. the doctor <laughs> oh i see because if she's the only doctor and i say woman doctor it sounds like <laughs> okay i get i see what happened there um so the woman doctor, uh, <laughs> she sees her son. That's coming up here in the plot, but that might be the first real hallucination, right? Um, there's a couple that are happening simultaneously, I think. Well, but... I mean, at the very beginning of the movie, we have uh, oh, yeah. uh, Sam Neill's character having a nightmare about about this cut up guy floating. True. Yeah, it's it's yeah, really it strange. It's like it's like as they're getting closer to it, hell is like already starting. To, yeah, it's kind of pulling them in. This might um, be like reading too much into it, but I would have loved, and like we'll never know for sure. But I would have loved it if that was the moment the ship returned, you know, from wherever it was. Right, Ooh, yeah. that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, but yeah, wasn't it that cool. it it reappeared and then they got the team together to go look? I guess that's not really explained. So yeah, well, these yeah. guys—that's their job, right? Is they go to investigate. 
uh, distress calls and beacons and stuff. But uh, they bring Sam Neill as like a late addition. That's why the Lawrence Fishburne is kind of like fuck this guy, and he doesn't even like he's just trying to say like, hey, I just want to say thanks for bringing me along. And Lawrence Fishburne will not let him get it out. He's like, get your tank, goddammit. Yeah. And also, like, we find out that like Earth thinks that this ship just went on a deep space mission, but we find out that the the Coast Guard guys are like, no, it was a government thing where they went to like test this gravity core. So yeah. there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of other stuff at play here. The civilians <sighs> just think some space some ship went into space and got lost, and now these people are going to find it because it's real. I guarantee you, there's some secure like some uh, conspiracy theory guys out there who are like, no, it's a gravity core. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's severely hinted at that uh, the hellish dimension outside of our known universe has essentially given the event horizon itself like sentience to a degree like the ship has become alive or is at least like super haunted yeah yeah, uh, yeah haunted yeah i like that just regular uh, type ghosts yeah <laughs> so anyway the the trip into hell actually causes hell. Justin, causes justin to go into a coma of sorts and uh he starts to spew nonsense a couple times as well as foam from the mouth it's you know always creepy in a movie uh, and then he attempts to kill himself by shooting himself out the airlock, which he does do. But it's it's weird because this is probably the scariest part of the movie for me, actually, because he's yeah, it's possessed. Also gross. Well, no, I mean like he's possessed going into the airlock, and he's talking like devil, like he's like, you know, I'm the darkness, and the darkness in me, and blah blah blah. And then he snaps out of it, and he's then he's terrified. like, where am I? Why am I in the yeah. airlock? And why is it about to open? That kind of shit. That's that's like psychological terror. That that can he shit. just turn it off from in there? Can he just stop it or can it? It seems like a pretty big design flaw. <laughs> once once you start it, it's opening a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and there's a thirty second timer, so you get to stare at the clock you while get... you're in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, definitely a huge plot device. I don't think they would ever build anything. That goes against so many OSHA. Uh, yeah, you think that that having a thirty second delay is would be for you to cancel it if you need to, you know? Just to, just to really think about it. Really. Yeah. It doesn't start opening till like five seconds are left. It was also because it was Airlock thirteen. That's why he got screwed. It's yeah. spooky one. It's the one that's spooky. Um, that was already did, haunted from the get go when they built they it. They did it was this, haunted. Uh, yeah, they did this weird <laughs> in-camera effect, which still grosses me out to this day. But I remember when I was a kid, I it made me want to vomit. But it's when uh, all his veins become sort of the vascularity becomes uh, extremely yeah. visual. Yeah. And uh, the way they did that is they just had like air tubes underneath fake skin and just pumped them full of air, and they like popped out. That's cool. But that that visual still grosses me out to this day. And uh, one of the things I love about these types of movies, though, is is watching their in-camera special effects. All right, Kalen, everybody has veins. Sit down. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of vascular. Oh, oh, damn it. His eyes, yeah. he sits down, his eyes are gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, I, I love when they're, when you get to watch them achieve gravity effects and interesting camera movement. And try to figure out how they did it because you know that it's not CGI. The CGI in this movie is very intrusive. <laughs> like it's yeah. 
it's very obvious every time they're using CGI. I, I, I uh, almost got a 720 version because I, the 720p versions of these 90s movies are always like, it's a, it's a bit better. Like they're melt meshed yeah. better. When you watch it in 1080p, which I watched it in 4K, I've said this before, it's almost the CGI looks like a different layer than the rest of the movie. So not only is the CGI in the 90s like bad, but it like you could it like sticks out like you know when you play an old playstation one game that's been remastered and the backgrounds are like paintings and then the new sprites are like so obviously like standing on a painting like that's kind of how it feels to me i gotta mention video games because we are on twitch gotta it's just gonna be a little bit of that here and yeah there. we'll get shut down if you don't <laughs> um but yeah the one of the nice things about about watching you know like something like aliens or this is is trying to figure out how they achieve certain effects I always think about the end scene in Alien when the alien is shot out of the airlock and then the engines are kind of like blasting towards the camera. And uh, the way they achieved it is they just ran water through the light. So it looked like this engine was giving off exhaust, but they, you know, they, but they placed the camera in such a way that it, it, it looked interesting and cool. They did something similar in this where you could tell that they had Justin, you know, sort of like on strings and then they just kind of, tilted the camera so it looked like he was upwards and all the blood is coming out of his mouth and his nose and stuff and I'm like oh I know how they achieve this and I'm proud of myself I thought it was interesting <laughs> when he when he was floating under the airlock that he was in the fetal position because he's, he's yeah. like a kid character I thought that that was you know he's symbology. the baby bear <laughs> yeah I, I uh that whole sequence is the part of the movie that really sticks with me the most as far as like being scary because like gore doesn't really get to me especially this old these old movies um the psychological terror in any of the horror movies that we do is the stuff that gets to me the most and it always probably will because it's your imagination you know yeah even after all this time i realized that i'd thought that i knew like from science what to do if i ever found myself on the wrong side of an airlock and i realized it was just from this movie I just have like Lawrence get all the air voice in my head being like breathe out all your air and throw yourself into a ball and you can survive uh that's funny i don't i don't know how accurate any of this is to real life but oh, yeah, yeah, I, mean, that, but, but I believed it for so long yeah um but i mean we watched sunshine last week and there's a very similar sequence where a couple people have to go out into space and uh one of them doesn't survive and he immediately turns into ice and i'm like is this what would happen i don't and know I mean, I, you see like mission to mars and Tim Robbins takes his helmet off and he crystallizes real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, it would be very painful and you would probably not survive very long, but as long as Lawrence, there's Fishburne's also, there to help you. there's also like the total recall Arnold thing where his face swells up. Oh God. Yeah. The eyes are pulled down. Um, so the crew begin to have hallucinations that correspond to um, their fears and regrets and things that are haunting them literally um, emotionally. Um, it becomes kind of a Freddy Krueger situation. <laughs> yeah, except there isn't like a burn man. Actually, there is a burn man. <laughs> Never mind. There is a, there's a literal. It knows, you. it knows you personally. It's like I know what, what's going to mess you up. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. Freddy's coming for you in space. In space. What's gonna What's gonna mess you guys up in space? Oh um, man, like my pants, drowning. my pants being pulled down in front of an audience, and like everybody sees my penis. In space, yeah. In space, space. yeah. 
<laughs> space penis. And it's not that I have a small penis or a It particular... was called <laughs> yeah. I was in the pool, the space pool. <laughs> I was in the airlock. I was in the airlock. <laughs> I think for me it would be like if like you know, you found out that like you weren't in space, you were in like I don't know, like a like a fake space situation, like they faked the moon landing, like you're just in a giant studio in the desert. Yeah, man. If they pulled a VR headset off me right now and re- revealed that all of this, like, how worse could it be, really? But like, I, that would suck if it was worse. If it was like a Ready Player One situation and they took the thing off and it was like, oh, you're you're in the same Earth, but it's way worse. It's like a ten years in the future and the climate crisis is it's a war now. It's a climate war. There's We're all living refugees. in a, endless Nova Scotia is an island. Yeah, Nova Scotia is underwater, probably actually. No, we still got the central part. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. My my most reoccurring nightmare dream scenario is that I'm losing my mind and like I'm hearing, hallucinating, seeing things and hearing things. But uh, the second, no runner up is uh, being in a very large body of water and not being able to swim to shore. Thalassophobia, uh, the fear of open open water, is very real. And like megalophobia is another one where like being next to like a giant object like a, i have that as well you know like a we should do an episode on statue. phobias i get really scared when i see a very very large flag i don't know why i'm just like you don't nervous want a cape? steve i like no. that you're collecting these you're like how many phobias can i have <laughs> i have like a i had a reoccurring nightmare growing up and it still happens occasionally but i think it was from having braces and it feels like my teeth are like pushed in and shattering it went away eventually but that was pretty prevalent through my 20s i feel like they say something about teeth nightmares like i have teeth nightmares as well usually that my teeth yeah. like fall out of my head and i'm like i'm looking in the mirror and i'm like yeah, oh my god it means my teeth it means that you're gonna have luck and fortune i think i think it means that you're i think that those are just stress dreams right <laughs> yeah, like yeah when your teeth are falling it means out. you're so good looking yeah i have those two the, my teeth falling out in dreams i don't like that shit because I'm always 100% convinced in the dream that I'm not dreaming. I'm like, no, I dream about this all the time. <laughs> this The one where I like for school that still happens occasionally is like, that one is... The, in, in my hell dream, I would just be late for school. With no pants <laughs> like, on? Like, a guy's on fire, yeah. and a guy's fucking got his face all cut up and his eyes missing, and I'm just late for school. <laughs> the ship's like, we've got him, we've got yeah. him. <laughs> I'm just like, ah! I've got no pants on at school. Welcome to hell, bitch. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, we've got everybody's got their own brand of horror. Um, There's and, no cream or sugar for the coffee. No, no. The one that really I think stands out for me is the uh, Peter's I must have luring her like uh, her son's nasty legs. This is another thing that I uh, I wanted to bring up is that there was a director's cut of this movie. Um, that was deemed too gruesome and it was too gross and Get unsettling and uh, it was never released and the print of it was stored in a salt mine that w- uh, got burned down oh that, that's <laughs> a famous that's like a famous thing right that salt mine that got burnt like a whole bunch of shit got lost yeah that, was there okay, other I'm, movies in it yeah it was in transylvania yeah. right like it was in like a it's yeah something it was like a castle or some crazy shit with like a, yeah. with a salt mine underneath it i think uh, salt um, burn? i thought salt didn't burn no salt preserves it's, the tape the, the mine yeah, was made of wood though yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it, it prevents like moisture from decaying the film and stuff like that 
But, but I, uh, I saw in the, in the director's cut that they actually like they, they took this little boy and they actually put real maggots all over his legs. Oh God! For the film, and then it looked too gross, and people were like, "Ew, I don't want to look at it." Yeah, we there's, need to. There's just a 15 minute extended shot of the fucking blood orgy. <laughs> oh, apparently, no, that's exactly it. The the orgy was like double the length. You saw. Way I want more. more orgy. I think this director's cut is the cut for me. Because <laughs> you're well, a sick a... pervert. <laughs> apparently somebody like fainted or whatever in the test screening because it was too gross or threw Ooh. up or some shit yeah i mean the stuff you see is really gross so i it's can't imagine fucking... what the stuff you don't see is it looks really good too because it's got that like red hue and like the lights are flashing and like i thought you were gonna say those red rocks it's got those, <laughs> it's got got those red rocks, rocks and a fire geyser in the background <laughs> and a big demon <laughs> um and, and then little demons flying around the big demon <laughs> We got Sam Neill starting to go crazy and you get a little insight into his life. I think that out of everybody, the most insight you get is from Sam Neill. Uh, you, you get a little bit from Peters and you get a little bit from Lawrence Fishburne's character, but everybody else kind of like not so much. <laughs> you know, you don't get too much from them. In, in the movie's defense, there's a lot of characters and you'd have to spend a lot of time with each of them in order to make all those things strong and believable. But I like and to also, imagine that they're all having their own hell moments. JD, like, doesn't... He's a unique one because he doesn't really have a, like, hell moment. He gets the, like, the movie The Thing, like, rage thing. Yeah, you want to hear seems... my Jason's theory corner? He's a robot or whatever, a cyborg. <laughs> I don't think he is because he's losing his mind, but he's just losing it in a different he way. He loses it because when his he's, His fear like, is probably that he enjoys cutting people open yeah, because okay. he's like a surgeon or whatever right so he he's probably scared that to his neck yeah and then everybody's like what are you doing yeah. and he's like oh, oh oh that was weird Jeez. yeah <laughs> i don't know so that's my my theory was that like he his fear is that he enjoys what he does purely because he enjoys the bloodlust of it and not because he wants to help people and so the hell is like is slowly letting that kind of come yeah. in because he gets way too excited to to kill Weir when Lawrence Fishburne That's is like true, take yeah. care of him and he grabs like three different items. He's like, which one of these would be best for killing this guy? Of all the of all the characters, I feel like he gets the least like exploration into like sort of who yeah. he is because like even even Smith, who's just like the who's he's like the grumpy British guy who's like I don't want to be here. Like he, yeah. he kind of makes sense to me. The Doctor's more of a mystery, yeah. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't really go on the ship that long. He experiences the a literal gets blown up and experiences the last five seconds of him like about to explode like that. He, he his is less like metaphysical terror. He it's like literal terror that he experiences. Yeah, and when he is on the event horizon, he has like a mental breakdown, right? Like he wants to fight everybody. Right. And, oh, uh, and he's the one that they're that JD subdues with the scalpel right yes yeah because he's going crazy um so i you know it is kind of prevalent to me that the ship it has power outside of its hull but when you're in there it's it's 10 times more powerful uh, i think the closer you get to the uh the, the core the core thing the worse it is yeah how do you guys yeah. feel about the thing i wish they explored was like the the bodies painted into the 
into the bulkhead and the bridge. Yeah. I, I love it. Like, I love the set design in this whole movie. Like, the set is is gorgeous, especially for what they did. But, like, they walk into the bridge, and there's, like, people's jaw bones and, like, faces that are fused with the Hulk ring. Yes. And they gloss right over it. They're like, oh, I'm Holy shit. That's weird. Well, what I assumed is that is what would happen to you if you go into warp speed without being inside the tanks, is that you would, like, fly into a wall and just... Like splatter like a Ooh, yeah like a bowl oh, of bolognese that's why you need the couch <laughs> yeah you gotta chill on the couch or you end up like some spaghetti sauce on the wall chill out man yeah it was pretty it was pretty gruesome to see the like i guess windowsills just like and, and they're in the background of so many shots they're just mm-hmm. the windowsills just coated with skulls and viscera and nobody's talking about nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. They're like, <laughs> no, people are like, oh, they don't even clean it up. Yeah. They're like, yeah, just leave it. Um, and, but and then I'm also like, well, what about the other guy who's floating around? Did he, was he in the couch and then activated Maybe. it? Or what, like, how come he didn't get turned into? They didn't investigate gelatin? the couches on the event horizon, which I thought was strange. I feel like that was an oversight to see what's Well, there. there's probably a lot of stuff they had to, to trim in this movie yeah. that uh, didn't really serve much of the plot. And it's also more frightening to d- see somebody liquefied on a bulkhead and not know why. That's uh, true. And, and the, 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 the body it. floating around does fall and like explode too, which was pretty, yeah. pretty good. Fun fact about that body. The guy who made that body baked a Barbie doll into its uh, chest. So when it smashes on the ground, there's a Barbie in there, but you can't really see it. Um, it's a risky maneuver for a, a prop master, man. I don't know. You could like get in some serious shit if you like. If they're filming this body like smash a and a, a Barbie just falls out of it, you'd be well, you'd be well, shit. Yeah, he wanted he... to do it. He thought it'd be funny. Oh, it was just an Easter egg for, just for him. <laughs> well, I mean, they <laughs> like found it afterwards. Scream. <laughs> yeah. But how many? How many years afterwards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's also like it's one of those things where if if that thing smashed and a Barbie just rolled center frame like right into the camera, like <laughs> a shot's ruined. You got to make another one of these bodies to smash. I'm sure they could fix no that Barbie. in post. I have you seen the CGI in this movie? <laughs> I don't know if they could. <laughs> There's just a CGI like ball suddenly for some reason that's really <laughs> covering something up. Um. And, but I mean, at this point in the in the movie, people start are dropping, right? We've got um, Alfred Pennyworth gets blown up, uh, which also sends Cooper off into space. The explosion, uh, which is pretty funny when you think about it, like him just floating on a chunk <laughs> of, of hull, talking I mean, to like, himself. Why does this shit always happen to me? He also doesn't have fear. He's like, "All right, Coop, how are we going to get ourselves yeah. out? Of the- <laughs> yeah. This is like a classic Cooper switch around." <laughs> Oh, the old switch the old coop the old coop around but it, <laughs> i got to recuperate okay? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah write that down there are a lot of moments in this movie that are borderline kind of funny when you like see it if you were to watch the it out best of context line, you'd be like what the fuck the best line hands down is at the end where cutface weir has the gun and he's like uh and he's like, or he's we're going. like, you do realize that if you shoot okay. that and miss me, you're going to put a hole in the hull. And he's like, what are you afraid I'll miss? Because his eyes are all fucked. I laughed <laughs> out loud today at my desk at work. And everybody was like, the fuck? Because I watch a lot of movies on my lunch break. Um, oh, I was going to say, like, you're in the middle of like office hours and everyone's like, why is he watching this? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> my screen is also like one of those like double monitors that's like curved <laughs> so everybody can see the whole shit every time boobs came on it because there's a bunch of frontal partial frontal nudity in this movie there is a like, scene just there like scene. just like scrubbing through well there's the part where it shows her topless with no eyes which is fucked that's not safe for work no, yeah. There's also like a the whole movie's not safe. There's a, there's a shot of Sam Neill with his face against her belly, and there's just a breast, just like a boob on his forehead. Yeah. Like there in his, in his thinning hair. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very um, cold. The uh, one like the coop shot is pretty funny. Just seeing him float on there, but like it it does speak to like how good the models are, the miniatures are in this movie compared to the CGI, and how much production value miniatures in a space movie adds. For yeah. me personally, yeah. uh, you can have as many CGI fighters blowing each other up on screen, and it doesn't it doesn't take my breath away in the same way that like a miniature model moving slowly and boringly across the screen does. I'm like I love this shit. If you look at um, what was the movie with uh, Sean Connery, Outland, right? That, that has some sick. A lot of matte paintings with practical with practical miniatures, and that movie is like fucking boring a lot of the time. But some of the special effects in that similar vibe to this. Anytime that they were in the ship, it's it's like the Abukanazer inside, and also Sphere had this really good. Uh, Sunshine was kind of basic, except for like the um, the like forest room was really cool. But the rest of the ship is kind of kind of whatever. But but Sphere and this both have that like you feel the close quarters. Everything looks super detailed, and that's how Outland was as well. Yeah, it's just the set a, design and I wanted uh, to sleep through Outland because it's boring. <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> um, it's yeah, the set design and the and the the ship design and stuff is so so interesting and cool. Um, and it is worth to go through and listen to them talk about it when you're watching the movie if you ever feel so inclined. But my favorite part is when uh, the young guy runs in and he says, "Morpheus is fighting Neo." And runs <laughs> out okay, okay, jeez. <laughs> They did that uh, in, um, there's like a show. Did you see that TikTok? I think uh, on the new season of I Think You Should Leave, they do this, that bit or something. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Um, it's just funny because Lawrence Fishburne is in it. And Neil sounds like Neo. Yeah. Morpheus is fighting Neil. I call in the core room. In the core room. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam Neil screaming is kind of funny. When he, when he sees his wife's <laughs> CGI eye holes, CGI holes, um, he does that same scream in the Mouth of Madness, you know, where he just kind of goes like completely, like he's like petrified, so he can't move, but he's just like, ah! he, like yeah. extend a scream, and it cuts off, which is I don't know, it makes me laugh. Um, also, Lawrence Fishburne's weird chair made me laugh too. <laughs> that weird. I loved his chair. I was hoping we would get to the chair. Yeah. And like his chair, like I'm gonna do it right now. His chair never quite matches up. Like he's like, we better get, <laughs> <laughs> we better just fly over there. Perfect. You hit that on the head so hard because it reminded me of like the bad guy in the original Dune a little bit before he floats up to the top. But just the way that the movement of it, yeah, is so bizarre. <laughs> And the it's way so he like weird. he's revealed too, it's like he's backwards and it's like slowly coming towards the screen. And then he just, like, around. Turns around. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's it's constantly rocking. The chair. Like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is on like a regular office chair. Not a yeah, thing. why does he get this crazy thing? Because it's he's the dead. future. Because like he's the skipper. 
I did like that. Like I always like in movies that depict the future, like any sci-fi, the things they get right and the things they don't. And like, I love that everyone was like, we got to smoke in space. Our old <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be like an easy. No one is like going to be vape. smoking yeah. in that era. Cigarettes will be gone. And so in CDs, they're already gone. <laughs> When's the last time you saw a compact disc? They had magazines all over the ship as well, just like paper magazines. Yeah, yeah. Polaroids. Yeah. They did the 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 similar thing to Alien, where they let them all customize their bunks, um, just to like get more in touch with their characters, which is a fun thing to do. But you only ever see one bunk, and you know exactly whose bunk it is. It's fucking because his name's on it, but none of the other ones have names (laughs) on them. But uh, it opens, and it's just a bunch of naked ladies and football players. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, Cooper, calm down. Of course, we get it. You're a, you're a man. Yeah. They also do the around the table homage again. Yeah. That I that I always love when there's just like I don't know a bunch of space cereal and but always hot black coffee. I love it. Yeah. I think Kaylin, you should be angrier about the fact that you we get that in every movie because that's much more prevalent in all three of these movies. Them sitting around talking about their gimmicks. Yeah. That happens in every fucking one of these kinds of movies. Alien. Every Alien movie has this scene. I actually just watched Prometheus, which is like a much more modern film, and they do the exact same scene. You have to because yeah. you got it. That's how you get everybody's like thing that they are or that they are or what they do out of the way, real quick, real yeah. fast. Well, I think also Ridley Scott has kind of stuck to his like adhesion in terms of like this is what my vision of the future is like, and that's what I'm going to continue doing forever. And you can't tell me any differently. You've watched any commentary with Ridley Scott, and he's just like, "I'm right, you're wrong." <laughs> he says, "I'm Ridley Scott" so many times. And he's always eating. He's always eating on his commentary tracks. He's like eating like a fistful of fucking walnuts or some shit. Every time. I'm like, like Ridley Scott and these are my favorite nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell he's drinking wine because by the end of the movie, he's always a little bit like. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, ticking clock is good. We like it. Um, yeah, so everyone starts dying. The, the um, Peters falls. Her her ghost son lures her to her death. Um, that was when you said everybody starts falling. I wanted to be like, and Peterson literally falls because she just yeah. gets tricked into falling down. That scene into a hole where they just dropped a, a body down a tube and it bounces yeah. off everything on the way down. Amazing. There's so many things to hit. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> like... But then when she hits the ground and the she, the blood goes up, like because the blood yeah. has hit the the coolant or the fuel or whatever and it goes up awesome but then you get the wide shot of her the 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 gore of her fucking legs all mangled yeah oh just fucking <laughs> he so likes good. it i liked it. i liked it on a second viewing especially because that's the thing i think horror movies you get a lot psychological horror you get a lot more of seeing a second time because you you know it's going to happen but you get to see all the little things happen before they happen like the 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 teases but when it comes to the actual gross out stuff you can you can take us you're not just like shocked by it for the first time you can take a second to like take in the effects that they did and those legs like she her legs were equally as disgusting as her like son's cancer legs her son's legs she was just like her little boy at that point yeah yeah um yeah that was another thing that apparently was too gruesome the first time around so they had to tone it down a little bit as well because it was just too much for <laughs> the body bounces off handle. more things and like limbs are flying <laughs> yeah. off and blood spurting yeah. yeah well they wanted to have the bones like all coming out of the legs and there's like nice. multiple compound fractures fuck me up with some multiple compound fractures give me all of that. that 
Um, and then the doctor, he gets manhandled by uh, Weir, which yeah. is this is when it becomes like ultra supernatural when Sam Neill has his his moment where he talks to his wife in the dream and she for some reason tells him to rip his own eyes out which i still don't know why he did that but okay um then this like 105 pound bird bone weirdo just comes along and just manhandles everyone yeah one hand slams a guy twice one and a half times his size like yeah upwards into the bulkhead (laughs) you see him with his shirt off too many times in this movie to make it so you're like yeah he's not that strong He's, he's he's in a, he's he's like in his fifties, um, but yeah, he picks a guy up by his neck with one hand and throws him across the room into a pillar, and then uh, vivisects him. Uh, which oh man! You you also get a reveal on, on then, his like, chest. Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter like poses him. Yeah, yeah this is another thing that they had to tone down because it was too fucked up. Which was. He has this scar on his chest, which again kind of opens up our minds as the audience to like, okay, so maybe he had some sort of complicated surgery in the past, and that's why he's scared of this happening to him. He gets cut open, strung up like a Hannibal Lecter villain, and then all his guts are on the table in front of him. But what they wanted to do originally was have all the guts still attached to him, so they were pouring out of him. And then have him like be still alive. It's like, kind of oh. like a reverse. So you, you guys familiar with remember what, the cell? Are you guys familiar with what a blood eagle is? Oh yeah, yeah. The Vikings it's, thing. Is it sexual? Oh, it's no, when they like they cut sexual, your back. Yeah. They yeah, open up your back eagle. and then break the bones and pull your lungs out while you're still alive. Um, to make them look like wings. To make them look like wings. Yeah, you asked. They they kind of got like a reverse blood. Is this going. only in video games? Who does no, this? it's in the show. The show Sc- like Scandinavians it. did it. Yeah, it was yeah. their favorite. Yeah, I think I think in Hannibal there was like a villain who was doing that to people as well, right? In the show. Um. Anyway, grouse. It's grouse, <laughs> and uh, but we love it. Um. And at this point now we're kind of close to the end, and it's when uh, the ship blows up because of uh, Weir blowing it up, and then he, he vivisects this guy, and then he sews his own eye holes shut, which I think... Yeah. Who knows why? Right. They were, <laughs> they're that's already where no we're going. We don't need eyes. Yeah, because he looks cooler with uh, with his, his eye holes sewn up. His favorite movie, apparently, is Back to the Future, because, yeah, exactly. because of that line. <laughs> this, has a, we don't need eyes. this has a couple of neat references like this, and then coming up soon after this is like... A direct reference to the shining obviously with the blood the fucking blood torrent yeah um I, there's a lot of visual homages in this movie but it's it's all to the benefit of the movie i think yeah um See, like i wouldn't even onions, call it yeah uh, you, you uh, didn't say stole or rip stole off or rip off or it's these are clear homage because uh it, when you do it almost one-to-one like that it's it's filmmaking yeah, and, and ws anderson like he 100 percent during the commentary is like oh yeah i love all these movies and i watched them a million times while making this because i wanted to homage them properly and appropriately and have them have them have the same effect if not a greater effect on uh the audience but uh, uh well, we're we, get... like we don't need eyes it's so yeah fuck... <laughs> Sam Neill, i just watched all the jurassic park movies like last week <laughs> like the first three and he's a little bit toned down in the first one. And, and that was the only Sam Neill movie I, I had seen until In the Mouth of Madness. And then uh, um, 
this really and, and it's funny because they're these are completely different performances i always thought he was like the straight laced guy who just did like serious roles but then when you go back and watch jurassic park 3 his version of uh dr grant in that is a little closer to like his john carpenter or like this performance he's a little bit more unhinged he's a lot more like i don't the dinosaurs i saw were freaks in an amusement park more so than him wanting to see the dinosaurs in the first and this movie you really get that you really get that like he didn't he could have played this very straight laced you know but he's got to have fun but he's even have a from, little fun even from the beginning when he starts talking about the fucking core that's why i was saying earlier like the second time you watch this you see the spark in his eye you see that yeah. he's more of a mad scientist than like a guy who's just like kind of a victim of his own creation he wants it to open up the gates to hell he wants to push it and see what happens he even says a couple times like the ship won't let me leave not that i want to leave but the ship won't let me leave um and it's fucking just master yeah. acting master horror acting and this is where we we get the uh we get the answer which is that he he wants to go to the other dimension he wants to see what it's like there and he basically already has pulled most of its features that I think we can all agree with uh, to our dimension by murdering everybody on the ship and creating gross artwork out of their corpses. <laughs> but uh, th- then he, yeah, he has his his nail gun moment. Cooper shows up again outside the window, and then he bl- blows a hole in the window, and uh, then we we get a kind of a boring decompression scene in my opinion i don't know the doctor gets sucked or sorry uh he gets sucked out samuel gets sucked out into space which i'm assuming he dies right like he he does come back but he's got his eyes back and he's he's bald and naked and covered in slices slice wounds yeah the ship like reconstituted him or something it was yeah. like oh, don't worry i won't let you leave yeah yeah you have to stay forever that's um, a good point actually like he uh in my, my head canon now is that the ship pulled his parts out of space and fused him back together and that's why he's got all the little cuts all over his face yeah and i assume the rest of his body if i was to guess um yeah i mean there's there's you could literally say anything and and you'd have to be like yeah it could be (laughs) could be that i don't know maybe he's not him at all maybe he's some sort of approximation imagination yeah maybe Lawrence fishburne summoned him here I mean, um, speaking, speaking of Lawrence Fishburne, like this whole time, everyone's losing their mind. Everyone's going crazy. Even Lawrence Fishburne is hallucinating, but he's like beautifully lucid the entire time. Yeah, he's yeah. the last person. He's, he's, to he's really... like, oh, I know, I know what's haunting me. I've never told anyone. I know I'm gonna have a showdown here. Like he keeps his cool. Like I, I like this. This was him as like a proto Morpheus. Like he just was a badass. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, he is one of the greatest actors. Um, a friend of mine worked on Hannibal and. It's a great factoid about him is that once he becomes your buddy, your pal, he asks you not to call him Lawrence, not to call him Mr. Fishburne, not to call him Lawrence Fishburne, but to call him Fish. <laughs> Just call me Fish. Call me Fish. Yes. Perfectly on brand. Um, yeah. I've told this story on the show before, but I worked at a Lavazza at the at the um, St. Clair Forest Hill uh, Loblaws, and I hey, guess they... Oh, really? Okay. No, I'm pretty close. I'm just in the annex too. Um, and he, uh, he very much like came in a few times and he'd have these, we- like people would go up and be like, hello, Mr. Fishburne, how are you doing? But then there would just be like this, like crowd of people standing kind of 
like semicircle around him and the semicircle would just like follow him around the grocery store it's so fucking weird when a celebrity is like in your midst and he came over like he's not that kind of celebrity either he's just a dude who's just a great actor like you know so yeah he came over to the lavats and i just treated him like a person he didn't i didn't he didn't tell me to call him fish but like it was close though it was close. yeah <laughs> he said call me mr fish yeah. that's mr fish to you um yeah so he, he does have that really good uh it's not a monologue necessarily but uh where he's describing uh, fire in space and zero gravity and what it appears to look like and uh, he shares his story about leaving someone behind but you know that's his whole goal now is that he's not going to leave anybody behind uh and apparently they shot and uh completed a, a version of that scene where it's cutting to what he's describing and because he killed the speech so beautifully um it wasn't necessary to have the visuals because what it evoked in your mind was way more powerful just from his facial expressions and the way he delivered all of the, the dialogue, um, nice. which is a cool thing to know that an actor has that ability. And, and, you know, a lot of people are like, I could be an actor. And I'm like, I don't know if you could be an actor in the way that um, Lawrence Fishburne is able to, unless you like dedicate it and craft it like the art form that it is, you know? Um, yeah. Great. Great performance by Lawrence Fishburne. But Probably yeah, just, number one, just, I do really like that the captain is so strong-minded and doesn't really have anything that he's afraid of, but he does have that one thing that eventually he's seeing all of his like crewmates, like succumb to their dark, not fantasies, but their nightmares basically. And I think through watching that, that's how his, his mental block goes down enough for that to get in. And then he literally has like almost a fight with his, his friend who he accidentally let go and die and yeah. then moments later like has to fight like fights the final boss version of of weir it was very like it's final very weird. final weir it's very okay. um it felt very like these kinds of movies don't always have a main character and it very much felt like he becomes the main character in that third act yeah, I think that's one of the common themes this month has been ensemble casts where there, there's sort of like a hint at a main character, but everybody kind of plays an equal part. There's obviously some people that are more prevalent through the entire movie, um, especially with this in Sunshine. I think um, they tried to do that in Sphere. It didn't really work as well. It was Just, like I obvious who movie. the main characters were because fucking Dustin Hoffman's in it. <laughs> yeah. And Queen Latifah gets like four lines before she's murdered by jellyfish. By jellyfish. <laughs> I think yeah. that these movies, though, it's kind of the opposite of a regular horror movie where it's like clearly Selma Blair is the. Or fuck, who's the person in Scream? Is it Selma Blair? No. Neve Campbell? Neve Campbell. Like, Neve Campbell's obviously the main character and she watches all of her friends fucking go down one by one. Where yeah. this, it's like they're all you're we're present alien. It's kind of like this too, except for obviously Ripley. But like you're presented this like group of people, and somebody emer kind of just emerges as the main character towards the end to take down the the bad guy or the monster or whatever. Um, and regular horror doesn't really. It feels much more like the. It's more about the kills and sci-fi psychological horrors always feel a lot more like 
there's no there's more brutality so you don't really have it's like the kills aren't elaborate so much as they're necessary um to bring out to figure out who the main character is going to end up as i guess is my point does that make sense yeah um birds I, I don't know if I'd, I'd say there's quite a few elaborate kills in this movie, but I, I know what your your point you're making. This one, um, yeah, because this is just a well-made fucking movie. But the brutality of the kills are more, and it's a lot of off-camera stuff. The only kill we really see is her falling down that tube. You know, we don't we see him like we see him uh, cut into his chest, but only in like not the shadows, but like the the assumed cut to the chest, and then he's splayed like later yeah. I, I yeah I, I again i've said it a, a couple ta- times <laughs> throughout there are some things that were way more gory and, and vile that they had to cut out because the movie was just like getting pushing to the point of being like rated x yeah I unshowable the, to the public i want to see the anderson cut yeah unfortunately <laughs> it was lost in dracula's castle or whatever <laughs> it was lost in castlevania <laughs> Um, what if they yeah. reboot it? If they reboot it. They are rebooting it. There's an Event Horizon TV show coming up. Yeah, I think there's a show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like I think this could work as a show. I think all of these movies could work as a show because there's, you know, what you can get across in two hours <laughs> if you have, you know, six episode miniseries to do. It's like you could really take your time with each one of the characters yeah. and. Have I the hope horror of it all. I hope it's a mini series. Actually, now you say that because now I'm thinking of like the f- pilot is like probably gonna be like them going to the ship. The second episode yeah. is them like just getting there, and then two or three episodes of the shit happening, and then an episode of them like leaving would be a good six episode arc. But that first episode has to like grip you, so it's gonna have to have the uh, elaborate like they're all having dreams of nightmares kind of thing or like uh like hints at what's going to happen on the ship i don't know i don't know what to expect it could be completely different it could be have a whole different like vibe like it'd be a whole different story and just be called event horizon and it's about you know space hell somehow maybe and then it's watch black it. holes. yeah maybe it's like contact where they just go next to a black <laughs> hole <laughs> i do think horror television is is kind of tricky because uh, a lot of horror uh, relies on tension, and when you have it broken up with you know ends and beginnings of, of television shows, it's it, it can be detrimental. Yeah. Um, th- that's not to say that there are no good horror TV shows. There's plenty of good ones, but um, I do find them to be a little bit more few and far between. I hope they don't rely on uh, like the formulaic. Like they go clearly, they're going to do a thing. I watched the episode of Mandalorian where they just go fight like a like a weird pterodactyl and I <laughs> knew what was going to happen. I just knew it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, this episode is yeah. going to fight a pterodactyl. There's going to be a fucking cliffhanger. And then that's exactly what happened. And I'm I wor- just feel it. I can feel it in the opening notes. Yeah. yeah. Pterodactyl fight. There's going to be a big ass nest. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to fight some babies. They're going to fight the baby birds. I didn't see them bringing the baby birds back. Uh, that was fun but anyway uh, this is th- that's not a space horror movie but i'm worried that event horizon if it becomes a longer series it's just like this week we're going to a Dunford ship and there's gonna be more space hell and this time it's a cut up man yeah i think it'll probably be more of an overarching story than, than episodic than, yeah. yeah i do think that this movie's 90 minute runtime it's like really short i think it works a little bit against it like it would have been cool to like 
slow it down a little bit, see Weir's transformation a little bit slower. Like he goes yeah. from like pretty creepy mad scientist to naked cut up eyeless <laughs> mad scientist, like really fast. Like so quickly. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. And it's like you, you know, it's like as soon as they're like, we're leaving, he's like, or are we? And then he like really disappears into a shadow. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that they honestly built that ship the way that they built it so they could have a six-minute explosion sequence of the two <laughs> yeah. the ship blowing up. Like They were like, yeah, you can blow up the middle part of the ship so that the front end and the back end don't have to talk. Yeah. And, like, and what is the uh, the point of that big, long hallway? Uh, looks cool, I guess. Look cool. It does look cool. Because I feel like there's a lot of ways you could, in a, in a spaceship, have a device that separates two pieces apart without giant explosions. <laughs> but then also, I the, like... the, the explosive charges are from one end to the other. They could have just made that hallway 10 times shorter and had one bomb. One bomb, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it wouldn't look like a giant cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, I didn't even think of that until you guys mentioned it at the beginning. The fun fact about that hallway is that it's built on a soundstage with a mirror at the end, so it looks a million times longer than it actually is. So anytime you see Lawrence Fishburne running away from the camera, he's, he's just destroying. he's running and he's running towards a, a giant ass uh -oh. mirror, <laughs> and they uh, they would just digitally remove him from the mirror. Um, that's another thing about this movie: the cinematography is is quite good. And Thomas Anderson, he's not necessarily known for having really good uh, director photography and um, just like. A lot of his movies don't look like this. Um, this is probably his most impressive movie in terms of principal photography and just cinematography in general. It just looks great. Like, Was Resident everything. Evil 1 his next movie? I think so. It, there might have been one other thing in between. I know that he did Mortal Kombat right before this. And, uh, I have no idea. Did he, he didn't do the second one, though, right? The second Mortal Kombat? I don't think so. Mortal Kombat is good, good. so good. The first one, like, and not good, but like it holds up it in like good. a cheesy like '90s action movie, like a like a his take oh, on a made... kung fu movie with the characters from uh, Mortal Kombat. He directed two movies in between this and Resident Evil. Uh, he directed a movie called Soldier, which I've never seen, and a movie called The Sight, which is a TV movie, which I've also never seen. Who's in Soldier? That's is that like John Claude Van Damme or like? Uh, that is it's Kurt, it's Kurt Russell. Okay. Oh, he wrote the first AVP. He directed the first AVP as well. Yeah. Pardon? He directed the first Alien versus Predator movie. <laughs> oh, Alien. Alien. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do we have any notes that we want to talk about uh, for the rest of this movie? Not really. You covered that so succinctly this time, but you're right. There's a. It, it had that John Carpentery kind of like you just say what happens in the movie, and that's pretty much what happens in the movie. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, there's a lot to talk about in terms of like the theme and or the themes and sort of just like what how the movie makes you feel because uh, like we said at the beginning it was pretty impactful to the point that i still think about a lot of scenes the first time i watched it was well, seeing him covered in blood at the end all the cuts that's another image that stuck with me for years and years and years 
to the point that it, it made me too frightened to watch the movie because I was so scared while watching it that I was like, that's the scariest movie ever fucking made. <laughs> also, side note, uh, you said there were 12 uh, Resident Evil movies. Yeah. There's four. <laughs> what? There's only four? Uh, there's well, Resident there's Evil, Afterlife, Retribution, and the final chapter. Jeez. Feels like there's way more than that. I've only seen the first yeah, like one. In a bad way as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What am I thinking of then? Maybe I'm just thinking of Fast and the Furious. And I'm a huge fan of uh, Resident, the Resident Evil games, but the Resident Evil movies are not canon to anything. They're just kind they're of, canon to themselves. They're canon to themselves, but they they just have like it's a different universe. Like they just have elements from the games a little bit. Like I think uh, a nemesis is in one of them, and the first one takes place in a mansion with like a lab underneath, you know. Yeah, she's also like magic. She can like blow up satellites with her brain and stuff. Also, like the whole planet gets blown up and destroyed, and then it, and then it gets destroyed even worse. And then everyone's like, gotta get the T virus to escape the T virus. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. No, um, it's all math. But also, the it's games are fucking weird as well. So the games are fucking weird in Japanese. Though. They're super <laughs> Japanese. That's the thing about they're like a it's a regular action movie, but if it had all these Japanese tropes, like RPG tropes, basically. Um, yeah. Resident Evil Four though, mm, banger, just so good. Yeah, I like right I now, like four, just... five, and six, and seven's pretty good too. Actually, six is kind of shit. I didn't like six. The remakes of two and three are amazing. They are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, going through his resume here, uh, or his filmography, it really it didn't get better after this. No. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean it, that's my question, though. I was thinking about this today. I was like, did it not get better, or did he, like... Because, like, the movies, I don't like. But <laughs> is he, like, executing his vision? Is he like, hey, I'm a director, and I'm getting paid to make these movies, and yeah. I'm making... He's, he's kind of like if Michael Bay was Uwe Ball. <laughs> yeah, that's not a You know, like, he gets right? the budget and he writes a good video game movie, and then he gets the IP for Death Race. I Pompeii, I remember being like, I didn't see it, but I remember doing okay. Like, it's a goofy uh, fucking... I saw Pompeii and I did not like it. Yeah, it's... It's boring. Okay. And for a movie about a city that gets destroyed by a fucking volcanic eruption in, like, an ancient town... Like, <laughs> With, like, a yeah. pretty good How cast. can you make that boring? Yeah. It's about gladiators, too. It's, like, gladiators who fight in the arena or, like, having to fight soldiers while the entire mountain is exploding. I don't know. It's Pre-Lord of the Rings, uh, or pre-Game of Thrones Kit Harrington or early... early... No, it's, it's after Game it's of Thrones after... started. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I watched it. I was like, oh, Jon Snow's in this. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then he made Resident Evil, the final chapter. He made a movie called, or a, a series called Origin, which I've never heard of. It's a space. It's a space. They're in space. Maybe I should check it out. Does he have anything to do with the Event Horizon TV show? I don't see it. I don't know, but I don't think he owns the, the rights to it. Because it's based on... I think it's based on loosely on a book and then oh, okay. the director or sorry, the, the producer and writer he made did the screenplay and like apparently they, the writer was like, yeah, I've never seen. And he listed like every single space horror ever. And like, they're like, you're lying. <laughs> you're just <laughs> lying. You've definitely seen all of those movies and put all of those elements into a Horizon. Yeah. No, I didn't. 
No. Nope. Right. It was a completely <laughs> original idea. <laughs> but I like Alien versus Predator, the first one. It's kind of fun. That is fun. Yeah, I mean, like, that was the, the... That's been hinted at for 20 years before that movie came out in comic book form and stuff, right? Like, people wanted that. It's the same as uh, Terminator versus Robocop, which I'm surprised they've never made, which was a comic book I feel like book it's a little bit thing. harder to pull off, but... Yeah. Uh, Especially the world because they'd have to do a team up at the end. Yeah. It's also, like, Ridley Scott, since the beginning, has hinted that Blade Runner and Alien take place in the same universe, like, to the point that he even has the same company names and stuff. But uh, I think Blade Runner is considered to be a little bit more highbrow <laughs> than yeah. Predator and Alien. And great if you want to take a nice nap. If you want to just Though take alien... a nice nap next to a nice to a rainstorm in with some neon light, that's Blade Runner. No, we all know you hate Blade Runner. Jason. I don't hate Blade Runner. I just watched it when I was thirty-seven. <laughs> well, you should have watched it when you were. 17. I should have watched it when I was seven. <laughs> I don't know if a seven-year-old can handle Blade Runner and not fall asleep. I think I saw it when I was that young. I, there's this phenomenon my dad used to do when I was a kid. He'd put on, like, perceivably boring movies to make me fall asleep, and then he'd put on the hockey game, which I just put the hockey game on. That's going <laughs> to fucking make me zonk out anyway. But <laughs> He's I remember... like, it's the Jason phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, just watch, you just watch old 80s movies when I was a kid and just, like, fall asleep and hope that i would but i'd get up and i would kick him in the nuts all right well uh <laughs> the ship gets blown in half <laughs> and half of it goes to hell and the other half floats away as a lifeboat as they said earlier in the movie and they get into their two their goo tubes and uh eventually they're rescued but then we get a little fake out it's all a dream sequence where uh the character of what's her name? Fuck, I forgot. Star- I think it's called a, a smush couch. Smush couch. No, that's um, from, that's Stark. That smush couch. That's Stark. From, yeah. That's from that's from Jersey Shore. Oh my god. <laughs> is that where you, is that where they do it? Was that so, not a reference? That's where they do it. That's where Was they that do not a it. reference? Did did you not do that on purpose, Scott? Because that's like there's a smush oh. room. In, no, I didn't do it on purpose. They had a spare room. I've never, I've never had the privilege to go to a smush room. They, they had a smush room because you don't bang in your own bed. You take you take the broad or the dude to the smush room. Because you don't yeah. have to clean the room up. Yeah, you, you have to clean the bed in the smush room. Gross. You just let that sit. It's part of it. It cleans itself. It's part of it. It's self-cleaning. <laughs> they um, think the producers are cleaning it every night, but they're not. No, there's just used condoms everywhere. Yeah. So, so calling it back, if the ship gets blown in half and they're actually in the front half, I, I forgot. I thought for some reason they were in the other ship, but no, it gets destroyed. They yeah. absolutely brought hell back with them. I think that you know what's her face has a has a Stark, has yeah. a nightmare, and it's very similar to like Sam Weir or Sam Neil's nightmare. I still call him Sam Near. Um, <laughs> Sam Near. <laughs> Sam Near. Sam Neill's nightmare in the beginning. I think she brings a little bit of darkness back with her. I think they find her. Well, what if the Event Horizon TV show is a continuation of the movie? Would, I, I think that'd be a smart move, right? Yeah, I'm down with that. I just um, read a thing quickly that it said Lawrence Fishburne open to coming back, so maybe we'll get the event. It's kind of like The Last of Us, but he died. It's going to be well, like Predators. We get like to see him it. with no eyes now. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh yeah, zone. right. He went into the fucking. He was in the back. He end went to hell. Into, the hell zone. Him and Ghost Sam Neil. Well, maybe he escapes and he's the monster. In that would be cool. Of Event Horizon. Yeah, we get a we get a cool shot of him as like the 
sort of like the ambulance driver. I Speaking guess. of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the sound you hear in space when the space ambulance shows up. But uh, it's just cool because they got these cool sort of they almost look like firefighter spacesuits, and then when he takes the mask off, he's got all his gross cuts and everything. And uh, basically just saying, welcome to hell. And then she wakes up and she freaks out. And I'm pretty sure Cooper is just grabbing her breast, which was awkward. <laughs> yeah, he's like, shh. Yeah. Let it happen. Yeah. Get some hot black coffee in you. I'm a hero, <laughs> pervert. I'm a hero. I'm a hero, pervert. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the movie. We made it. We made yeah. it to the event horizon. Do you see? Um, everyone learned their lesson and they stick to normal space travel after that. I learned yeah. something today. Maybe we shouldn't fly to an event horizon in a ship called the event horizon. Yeah. Because Stay away it, from Neptune. It's got a portal to hell on it. And also lightning. It's got lightning. That is also such a funny fact that they just wanted to have a lightning storm. So they're like, let's just make it happen somehow. <laughs> Cause it would be a little more boring. Cause there's a lot of shots where they're just talking. And you can see out the windows, which, why the fuck do you have windows in a spaceship anyway? Who knows? Terrible, terrible yeah. idea. <laughs> but uh, you don't need to. It's just window a bunch that, of stars. Windows that can be penetrated by like a pretty Yeah, they're like this thick. Easy... They're so thin. Yeah. Um, just like a kind anyway, of a but... pointy projectile weapon. Yeah. And it's can... on the bridge where everyone important doing all the important jobs <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Um, but throughout the, win- the movie, you can see out the windows just like this blue lightning storm, like clouds blowing by the windows. It looks really cool. It's a smart choice visually, and it's interesting. But uh, I think we're near the end, so I guess we can go on to what went well, or what worked. What what, what is it called? Yeah, what went it, well even it. better. What and went also well even your better. Final thoughts is sort of the last. Yeah. So basically, Scott, you just say like what you liked and what you think could have been better, and then any final thoughts you have on the movie and you can give it a rating of some kind if you like i yeah. i give it a nonsense rating so. what went well and what what, what you would have liked to have better. seen yeah. yeah what um what went well was honestly the it's a two-parter it's the cast and the set and like i don't know if these things kind of like jive off each other they probably do um but the cast plays it really really well um there are obviously some big performances here that absolutely crush it. They draw you in. And like you are dealing with some kind of hokey stuff, some kind of sillier stuff. And they really kind of like build the suspense. They bring you in. They make this space feel believable. They make you feel creepy. And the fact that these characters, like they aren't stupid. They're like, this place is really fucked up. This place is really scary. And I don't want to be here anymore. Let's go. And then with plot, they're like, no, you can't go. And I like that uh, a lot for a horror movie. Um, What I would have liked to have seen is a little bit better pacing, a little bit better character development. And obviously things did get cut. Um, but it did feel like, uh, you know, some people just went from zero to 60 really, really fast. Um, I remember thinking it had better pacing when I was, when I was a kid, probably because I was so freaked out. Um, but yeah, I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, well, the, the shit hit the fan real quick. Um, I would have loved to, uh, to see it, but I loved, uh, I love the fact that, uh, all the bad stuff, all the hell stuff, all the conceptual stuff that if you showed it would have taken away, it was all invincible. That was my, that was my favorite thing. Cool. Cool. Um, do you have a rating of any kind you want to give it? Or? I give it two empty eye sockets out of, out of two. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like All right, Kalen, why don't you go? Two out of two empty eye sockets. That's one of my favorite. That's one of the best. A ones. good rating, yeah. yeah. I'm going to preface with saying, and this has happened before, 
I enjoy you guys enjoying it and also having talked about it and whatnot. It's rare um, that Kalen doesn't like a movie also. Like this is especially such a good one. This is I'm curious to see what you have to say here. This movie's pretty divisive. I don't think a lot of people like this movie. This is what I have to say about <laughs> this week's movie, Event Horizon. <laughs> this movie didn't do anything for me. Oh shit. <laughs> And I'm not too sure I can say why. It's not that it's bad. It just isn't my cup of tea. For what went well, I really enjoyed that motherboard, ventilation shaft, mazy thing, whatever, with all the green and the circuits to just look cool or whatever. Um, For my even better. So one thing I thought was, I don't think I was ready to see this at this time of year. And maybe watching it at a different time of year may have been better. Another thing I put for even better, though, was um, the uh, the orgy, the hell orgy. Give me more hell orgy. <laughs> Give me more of that. Pervert. Pervert. I, I said at the top of the show that I'm going to be the bad guy. And again, not that this movie is terrible or anything, but if you don't see this, you're not missing anything. I give it Delirious sub. Oh my god. This guy's speaking Latin over get here. Get out. Is that get out or get away or save us <laughs> all? Or save, yourself. Uh, save yourself. Crazy. What did I you say crazy. the thing that you wanted to say? You said that you had like a phrase or a, a, a tag. Oh, yeah. It's a Walmart brand John Carpenter. Oh, okay. Okay. Also, MPAA 34953. Okay. Yeah, I felt personally attacked by that. Um, well, Jason, why don't you go next and tell us why you love it so much? Yeah. Listen, when I was a child, when I couldn't handle gore in a movie, I did love Doom and Wolfenstein, okay? And through my whole life, I've been able to handle gore in movies, or in uh, video games, but not movies, up until... So basically, Scott, what, what had happened was, is uh, the, the little show called The Walking Dead comes out, and I was so curious. It, it was so well written at the time, um, at the time that uh, it resonated with me. And it was one of the first, like, real prestige TV shows. Also, it was one of the first. It's when all the smaller networks started getting, trying to emulate the HBO vibe. And through watching The Walking Dead, the first few seasons, it desensitized me in this very incremental way. Where every episode had some fucking gross out, but it was just small enough that I didn't avert my eyes or like i didn't freak me out maybe it was kind of a coming of age thing you know i was in my like mid-20s you know um kind of an adult sort of becoming who i am today quarter life crisis quarter life crisis and i and that sort of led to me being able to like pretty much handle anything but before that any video game gore shit was fine but when i was a kid going all the way back to the original doom I've loved space hell. When Doom 3 came out and we got a better graphics version of that, it blew my fucking mind. Blew my mind so hard that you're just on a spaceship and these guys messing around with like portals, accidentally open a portal to hell. That's, I think when I watched this for the first time last year, it reawakened that and made me realize that not only do I love the concept of like, oops, we opened up portal to hell in deep space. But it also it also makes me sort of realize that hell is a, is, is just a word, and they say that in the movie. It's it's more the the chaotic, uh, 
other place as a non-religious person hell hell is like more exciting to me than heaven could ever be because hell <laughs> is either going to be like you're tortured and 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 murdered over and over or it's gonna be like little Nikki hell and you go down there and you fucking play a shredding guitar solo those are the two I, options i like that i like that your hell is just those two things it's like <laughs> but you go to like the you go to like the bad hell or the cool hell <laughs> going to heaven seems like it would suck get to see all your racist ancestors <laughs> i don't know i think they'd probably be in hell <laughs> they're racist i don't know have you seen christianity um anyway yeah, sorry not to get on my yeah <laughs> i have firsthand not to get on that notion but that's sort of what really resonates with me in this movie um and why i just clung to it immediately and we we were coming off watching all those john carpenters and it really feels like a john carpenter and i watched the first hellraiser around the same time as i watched this for the first time and it just sort of all melds together because hellraiser they're like aliens in that too right like they're they're kind of perceived as that's sort of space hell kind of a thing and uh it's I love it. It's just so cool to me. And then this, on top of all that, this movie is feels like a really high budget uh, John Carpenter movie, which isn't saying much because John Carpenter movies are typically pretty, pretty low budge, middle of the road, <laughs> especially the older ones, the non, <clears throat> the non escape movies. Um, and the cast is is a great cast. I think that uh, this is a movie I'm going to go back and watch all the time, like for real. What went well. All of it, space hell, the cast, the crew, sp- space Alfred Pennywise, Pennyworth. <laughs> Even better, I'm with Kalen, man. I want to see the fucking the Anderson cut. <laughs> I want to see a 15 minute, a 15 minute uninterrupted shot of the blood orgy, and <laughs> when that dude vomits all that like viscera it looks it's his guts getting ripped out it looks so real like it... let's, just, let's just call back when you're like they're eating each other feet first <laughs> <laughs> i thought he had his foot in his mouth okay that's how fucking weird it is like i i kind of want to go because it's not a real head it's just a dummy head that they just shove yeah, the head and they pulled actual stuff that's why it looks real because it's a real nastiness coming out um <laughs> feet first yeah i thought it was oh, he was man. eating his eating a man foot first i uh yeah i give this movie i give this movie like a four out of five i'd say and then on top of that i give this movie a like i give this movie like you rip out your own eyes so you can see the truth all the red rocks there you go all the red rocks in hell I give it all. <laughs> I give it a fire gusher and a giant demon. Out of, a fire out gusher, of red rocks. <laughs> we got a Can fire get gusher. sponsored by Gushers and get some uh, Gusher snacks. Yeah, I'll call okay, up yeah. John Gushers and get us that fucking Gushers money. Johnny boy, <laughs> give me that Gushers. Johnny boy. Uh, okay, well, I guess it's my turn. Space hell. Space hell. Um, I my what went well was similar to jason and scott which was i pretty much like everything about this movie um the music i don't think we talked about that enough it's really great uh it's one of those scores that uh i could see myself looking up to just listen to and potentially use in like a tabletop adventure of some sort um but the sets are easily my favorite part of the entire movie i love the idea that 
they took actual gothic buildings in real life, scanned them digitally, and then broke them apart and basically used them like Lego to to build interesting sets and models. Um, I love that the entire ship feels like a medieval torture chamber, especially the <laughs> the medical bay, which has got these like super gothic pillars and spikes everywhere and then they even have like a table full of shiny why did they have the things that allowed them to splay a man like that like why i see what you're saying just in case you needed it in case you need it (laughs) also like (laughs) this like their ship the lois and clark doesn't or lewis and clark doesn't look like (laughs) no not at all and no one talks about the decor they're just like oh yeah so for me lois and clark what i would have liked yeah what i think speaking of the set design what I, this would be unbelievably expensive, and I could, I, I know why they couldn't do it, but it'd be cool if when they first arrive at the event horizon, if the ship did not look as gothic as it did, and it slowly became slowly. more gothic throughout the movie, and everything became a little bit more violent looking and dark. Um, I think it just would have been a really good visual representation of the ship slowly becoming um, the hell that it's been spawned from. Um, that or if they saw on those recordings of the previous crew that the ship didn't look like that before it went in the portal and when it came back, it was like a, a creepier version. That might be a little too on the nose and, and it could be considered silly, but I think it would be really cool. Um, and then my rating. I, I give this one of the most seamless reverse shots I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie and I had to look it up to be sure that I was correct. So in movies, a lot of the time, they'll reverse a shot because it's either too dangerous or too difficult to achieve. Um, a lot of it involves something landing on a precision mark, usually not a person, at the end of a, of a shot. So, Sword to the face and hook. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah there's a, there was a TikTok that went around recently where somebody showed how they shot the, 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 the shot of Rufio hitting Robin Williams on the nose with the sword. And the entire thing was reversed. Like and he said his line in reverse. In reverse, yeah. So he had to learn how to say his line backwards so what? they could dub, dub it after. And uh, there's a similar, it's not similar, but it's, there's a shot that was reversed in this where I'm like, they must have reversed this, but I couldn't tell if they did or not, so I looked it up. And it's when all the rings on the sphere stop perfectly and the guy's walking up to it. And he he walked backwards and like stood there and that's how they achieved it. So, yeah, that's my rating. A, a perfectly executed reverse shot. Love it. Love to see it in a movie. And that's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Event Horizon. One of my, like, guilty pleasures that I know a lot of people don't like, but I fucking love it. And I'll watch it once a year until I die. Um, what? How do we end this again? Oh, my God. <laughs> you you, we you do say it every on week. behalf of this so, person and this person. For Kalen and Jason and Scott, actually Scott, thanks again for coming. It's really great yeah. having you here. You're Scott, a wonderful guest. Oh, it was great. It was great. I always great. forget to do this, but I was thinking about this today. People don't typically have things to plug, but do you have any? Like, are you do you do things? <laughs> I don't do things because I recently got my Steam Deck. Oh. oh. Okay. The Steam Deck. It doesn't just play games. Stop plugging the Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll bring a sponsor in, man. Uh, all right, cool. Well, thanks again for coming. You're welcome back anytime. I, we're, we're endless movies to talk about. 
And I'm sure that you and I can find another handful of flicks that we uh, can talk about forever. And for so, Kevin and for Kaylin and for Scott, I'm Jason. And for Kaylin and Jason and Scott, I'm Steven. And for uh, Steven and Scott and Jason, I'm Kellen. And, and I just got Kaylin one. and Steven oh. and Jason and Scott. Whoa, he did, he did it. it. Uh-huh. Those people don't do it. They're like, nah. <laughs> and I don't blame I them. I barely know your names. <laughs> <laughs> but it's time for me to ask the question that we all have on our mind. And it is, hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Hey, can you see it? <laughs> can you see it? I'm really glad uh, earlier because like everyone was really quiet and I was like, I, I want I wanted to ask so bad like, do we talk now? <laughs> don't talk during the intro but during the outro no. now, now we have the thing where it's like thanks for watching and and now somebody needs to say the world's funniest thing for me to end on so dude right. Scott the world's funniest thing yeah, just, <laughs> just gonna say the, the funniest the pressure thing. what's your last uh, name Scott no I don't want to say, say it, it. Too fun. <laughs> say it say um, it <laughs> my last name it's a normal last name my last name is it's Dickie <laughs>